Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. And I wanted to start out today's message by sharing a little bit of uh, a story of what happened to me when, when Rose and I were moving into full-time ministry about 15 years ago. So during that time, um, we knew we needed to do some, some cutbacks financially, and we had five kids, and we loved to go out to eat. And so an easy way to save 20 bucks every time we went out to eat was to just say, we're not going to order any drinks, all right? So just no pop, no soda, whatever you call it, if you're from Michigan or Indiana, and uh, we're just going to drink water every time we go out to eat. And so the kids just reluctantly went along with that. They didn't really have a choice, I guess, because we were paying the bill. And, uh, but I'll tell you, it, I went from drinking Mountain Dew, Code Red Mountain Dew, I mean, just, I like pop. I just like pop, to water all the time. And I'm like, man, we got to do something about this. This just, you know, that's just bland all the time. So I found at Walmart, anybody love Walmart? I love Walmart. Yeah, there's woo-hoo, some of us here, just a few. I know, because I, I can wear anything I want, Lori, when I go to Walmart. <laughs> I don't have to get dressed. I can just wear my pajamas and my flip-flops, and I can just go. And I feel like I'm at home. Side note, we went to the mall this past week, like the day before Christmas. All the Walmart people were there for the first time. I was so excited because usually you have to dress up to go to the mall, right? You know, but I hadn't dressed up. I might even had a hat on. I'm not sure. And I looked around and it's like my people are all around. <laughs> it just was, just cut that out of the recording. Where am I? Anyway, so, so I, I found at Walmart these drink mixes, all right? And you put them in water and they have all these different flavors. It's like Kool-Aid. And I found the ones that were like sugar-free because I, you know, I didn't, didn't want to, you know, mess with this, you know, figure thing. So, so I had no sugar, you know, which, stop laughing, Esther. It's not that funny. It's just not that funny. So anyway, so I started drinking these like five, six, seven of these a day. Had them, we had all kinds of flavors for the kids and, and I'm like, you just drink water, but here you have these drink mixes. And so over time, I started to have a side effect of drinking these, my, my kids are like, Dad, you can't remember anything anymore. I'm like, what? What's your name? Um, oh, yeah. That starts with a B. Uh, ben. Yeah, Ben, my son. Um, but yeah, I was drinking so much of this. And, and I found out that aspartame, which is a you know, substitute for sugar, has a side effect where it can affect your, your memory. And I don't think it affects everyone, but boy, it affected me. And I just couldn't remember anything anymore. So I had to stop, had to stop drinking uh, those anymore so that I could get my memory back. And uh, um, I found out that as I get older, my memory is just, it's not as good as it used to be. It never was very good, but it's not as good as it used to be. And so I have to find these ways to remind myself of things. Anybody do that? Yeah, like you have these ways. Uh, some of my ways is I say like, hey, as a church, let's wear name tags, right? So we can build community. And so that you don't know how bad my memory is. That's, 
the other thing. It's helpful that you guys wear name tags. And it is good. It's good so that we can, you know, say to each other. But it's really helpful for me because I'm just really bad with names. I also, you'll see me do this. It's like, hey, would you do this for me this week? I'm like, yeah. Let me pull out my phone and I'll email myself. Or if I'm driving, hey, Siri, send an email to myself. Did you know you could do that? You can do that. Yeah, and it works. And um, in the morning, if I want to take something with me to, to wherever I'm going to work or wherever, I'll take it the night before and I'll set it on the floor in my way, you know, so that when I'm walking by, I'm like tripping over it, right? And it's like, why is this here? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to take this with me today. I, I actually <clears throat> did that this morning too. But I, I never understood that concept of tying a string around your finger to remind you. You know, I thought as a kid, I thought, boy, what is that? As a 50-year-old, I'm like, that's a great idea. <laughs> if I had some string, I'd just tie it. And then you go, why did I tie this? Rose, why did I tie this string around my finger? So in life, there are things that are helpful to remember. And, uh, but not all of us have, you know, like a picture-perfect you know, photographic memory and can remember everything. In fact, I do believe that God has given us an ability to forget as well. I think that that can be helpful. If uh, it wasn't for that ability, I'm pretty sure that every one of us would be only children of our families because our moms would have never had that second baby after the pain of childbirth of us, right? I mean, it just never would have happened. But they forget you know, and it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad, right, Lynette? It's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Let's have another one. And then when you're having the baby, it's like, what in the world was I thinking at that time? So it's good to be able to forget, you know, some things. If we've had somebody offend us and we've walked through forgiveness with them, it's good to, to actually forget some of that so that every time you see them, you're not reminded of what they did to offend you. But generally speaking, there are things in our lives that are important, and God wants us to remember those things, especially when God moves in our lives, right? When God does something in our lives, he wants us to remember that. But we need to create ways to remember those things, right? We need to create ways. And, and today, we're actually going to be reading a story in the Bible of where God made sure that the children of Israel had a monument to remember a miraculous thing that had happened. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3. You guys can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like on your phones. We'll also have the scripture up on the screen as well. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. All right, so that's where we're going to be. Now let me set this up a little bit. Because um, what had happened here, the children of Israel were in Egypt for 400 years. They were slaves. Moses shows up on the scene. He does the, the 10 plagues. He uh, leads the children of Israel you know, out of Egypt. He takes them through the, the Red Sea. You remember, the Red Sea is parted. He takes them through the Red Sea. And he ends up getting the Ten Commandments and takes them right up to the border of what is now Israel. All right? He's right there. And he's like, all right, we're going to go into uh, the promised land. And they send out 12 spies, and they go through the desert, you know, and, and I mean, through the land of Israel. 
And they say, yes, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a wonderful, wonderful land. But there's giants in the land. And so I don't think we can conquer those giants. Now, remember, these are the same people who had seen God move. He had led them with a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. You know, he had parted the Red Sea. He'd done all of these things, and they had already forgotten, you know, God's power. And so God's like, well, I'm just going to kill y'all because <laughs> you just don't believe it. And Moses is like, no, don't kill him. Don't kill him. God, Moses actually kind of talks God out of that. And uh, so he says, okay, I'm not going to kill him now, but I'm going to kill him over the next 40 years. And they're all going to drop dead in the desert, and they're going to wander the desert for 40 years. Anyone that was over 20 years of age was going to die off. So that's what happens over the next 40 years because of their lack of faith. And I would say lack of remembering what God had already done and what he was capable of. They ended up wandering the desert for 40 years. Now, when this story picks up here in Joshua chapter 3, Moses has died and Joshua is now the leader. And they're standing on the banks of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross over to the promised land. All right? So this kind of get the picture of that. That's where they're at. So we're going to read this section of scripture starting chapter 3, verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Continuing in chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go, out, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And then jumping down to verse 20 through the end of the chapter. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful 
and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So today's message is titled, Remembering 2019, Testifying to God's Activity. And it's a message about remembering God's activities and are there ways that we can do this as well, all right? Testifying to God's activity. So I'll give you a couple of points that you can fill in on your handout. Let me pray, and then I'll give those to you. So God, we come to you, and uh, as we pause today to look back on 2019, I pray, Lord, that you would show us your hand. You would show us, that you would show us what you have done this past year. I pray that we would remember these things, that they would come to mind, and that you would get the glory for them, Father. And I invite your Holy Spirit to come and minister to our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. We should testify to God's activity, number one, as a witness of his power. As a witness of his power. The last verse in chapter 4 said, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. Might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. So God is doing these things, these miracles, to glorify himself, to be a witness of his power. So let's go back and take a look at what the Jordan River looks like during flood stage. I found this video on Facebook. So it just gives you an idea of what the Jordan River might look like during flood stage. So think about the children of Israel on the banks of this river. The promised land is on the other side, and they have to cross it. There's no bridges, there's no boats, and they have to get from one side to the other. Now, it's not just like the men having to, you know, get across that river. We're talking about men, women, children. We're talking about their sheep, their cattle. We're talking about their, their um, tents, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, all of these things needed to cross this river. And if you look at that, honestly, there's no way it's going to happen, right? I mean, at least not now, not during flood stage. There's no way they're going to get across. It's going to take a miracle. And that's what happened. It was a miracle that happened. God stopped the water from flowing. It actually says that it was, he stopped it and piled it up in a heap, you know, upstream. Wouldn't that have been cool to see the heap? You know, there was a, there was a heap near the town of Adam, just this heap of water that happened upstream. And then the rest of the water flowed down and they walked across on dry land, just like they had done through the Red Sea. Now, the interesting thing is they had forgotten that God did this, you know, in the Red Sea, that he had the power to do that. And so God's like, you guys got to remember this this time. Don't forget this this time. It's a, it's a witness. Now, if you go on to read uh, where they actually take the promised land, if you continue reading in Joshua, you'll see that the people in Jericho, who, they're afraid because, you know, they're over in the city and they're, they're seeing this huge group of people, probably around a million people, were, were camping on the other side of the river, the Jordan River. And they're like, well, at least they're stuck over there. You know, they can't come over here. And then one day, the, dri- the river just dries up, and they all move from one side to the other, and they know it's the hand of God. 
It's the hand of God. See, guys, I've seen God move many, many times. As pastor of church, I get the privilege of hearing your stories. You know, I've seen God move in my life. I've seen him help us uh, uh, when finances weren't going to add up, and somehow we were able to make things work. You know, accountant couldn't figure that out, but God did, right? I've seen God move where somebody has given me a, a prophetic word. and actually said, hey, this is something for you uh, that's going to happen. And then it did happen later on. It was so cool. And it was something that I needed to hear at that time. I've also seen God protect us from, from sickness, you know, from having to go to the hospital and have those kinds of bills. I've also seen God move in, in people's lives, you know, especially here at Lighthouse, but at the other church I served at as well. I saw God free people from addictions miraculously to a point where one day they were an addict and the next day they had no desire and haven't since. I mean, that's, that's a miracle. And it was prayer that took them through that. I've seen marriages that were headed for divorce. In fact, I've seen marriages where divorce papers had already been filed. And God came in and saved them, saved that marriage. And that marriage is flourishing today. I've seen prayers answered that were prayed for months and months and sometimes years. And then God comes through. I've seen God do those things. Our God is active today. He is moving today. He's still doing miracles. John 5.17, in John 5.17, Jesus says, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. See, we have a God who is moving around us, moving in our lives, creating situations. And we can say, oh, that was just a coincidence. But it's not because it's, there's one coincidence after another, after another, after another. You know, it's God moving. And our world today is desperate to see the supernatural. I mean, they're desperate to see, is this God thing real? I mean, what are the most popular TV shows and, and movies? It's when someone has supernatural powers, right? The superheroes. They just want to see something that's beyond the natural, and we have a God who is moving in our lives beyond the natural. And it's our obligation to give him credit. It's our obligation to tell someone about what God has done in our lives. You can write this down. When God moves in my life, I shouldn't keep it a secret. Sometimes it's kind of a a personal thing. And we're like, well, I just don't want anyone to know that I struggled with that and that God freed me from it. You're not the only one who's struggling with that. There are so many people who are struggling with, I mean, one of the ones I hear a lot is men who have been set free from the addiction of pornography. And you know what? There are a lot of men who are struggling with pornography and God can bring freedom to them. But we need to talk about it. We need to tell, yeah, I was addicted to porn, but now I'm not. God set me free, and you can be free too. So we need to make it known. We need to tell people about what God is doing. We need to be a witness of his power in our lives and around us. 
So that's number one. We should testify to God's activity as a witness. Number two, we should testify of God's activity as a reminder, as a reminder to ourselves. Because, you know, we can know that God can do these things just like the children of Israel, and then we can forget. Well, that was then. Did he really part the Red Sea? I don't really, you know, we, we stop applying what God has done, or we just simply forget the times that God has come through for us again and again. So in our section of Scripture, Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, he talks about building this monument with these stones. And he says, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And God knew that they were going to forget. Or at least maybe their kids weren't going to believe. Did, did you really? I didn't see that. But Grandpa says that the water during flood stage just stopped and it heaped up over. But, you know, it's hard to argue with a monument of stones that came from the center of the river. You know? I mean, that's, that's a testimony of God's power, and it's a reminder to us, because we need to remember what God has done. Satan wants us to forget those things, and he wants to remind us of every time that we have failed. He doesn't want us to remember the times that God has come through. But God has come through, and God has come through in my life. He's come through in your life, and we can quickly forget it. It's one of the reasons why I have a journal. I have a couple of them, actually. Um, where I write down, when, when I see God move, I, I write it down. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I'm not a, as good at this as what I should be because I see God move a lot more often than I'm writing it down. But you know when it's helpful to read a journal is when you're having doubts, right? Like, I don't know if God's going to come through. And so when you're worried about it, it's good to go back and read. Oh, no, he's, he's come through before. He parted the Red Sea before. He can do this. He can do that. He delivered us from the Egyptians. He can deliver us from these giants in the land. He can do these things. It's a reminder. In uh, 2018, we were meeting at the Concord Mall on Sunday nights. And uh, we really needed a different space. The, the, the place we were meeting didn't have heat um, during the winter. And it was getting into the fall. They had little space heaters. And we could have managed to get through, but we really wanted a, a space of our own. And I had looked at probably 20 or 30 different places here in this region, and nothing came through. And I felt like God was saying, I'll take care of you. I'll find a place for you. And I'm like, well, God, you know it's almost winter, <laughs> right? And it's going to take a while to remodel a place and to buy all the equipment, move in, and, and it's October. I just, he's like, I'll take care of it. And about October 15th or so, we were given this place. We signed a lease for this building. And we moved in, had our first service on November 11th. God came in in the 11th hour, but he wasn't late. Right? I mean, God is rarely early, but he's never late. And he knows what we need when we need it. And we need to remember those times because when we're waiting on something, we got to go, oh, yeah, he came through before. 
Why am I worrying? I can trust the God who will come through for me. I will trust it. So this past uh, week, I took some time and I thought about 2019 because we're getting ready to move into 2020. And in in three weeks or so, we're going to have our 2020 vision service. And I'm super excited about what God is going to do in 2020. I'm, I'm really excited. But before we take a step into 2020, I think it's important that we keep a foot in 2019 and look back and say, okay, God, I want to remember what you did in 2019 because it's easy to forget. I mean, life goes by so fast. So here's just a few things that I saw God do in uh, 2019. I want to give him the praise. First of all, we started home groups in 2019, and that was an answer to a prayer to build better community here at the church because we needed it. We needed better community, and, and several people stepped forward to lead home groups, and we have over 85 people in home groups today. One person told me this past week, I have been part of several churches in the past, but I have never experienced this level of community. It feels like home. It feels like home. And that was an answer to prayer to me, that we have that level of community being established. And by the way, if you're not in a home group and you want to be in one, fill out the Connect card and just check the box that I want to be in a home group, all right? And turn that in at the Welcome Center. Another thing that happened is we went on our first mission trip. Back in February, we went to Costa Rica. Had uh, 14 people that went on a mission trip. And I'll tell you what, that was really a miracle because most churches, when they start out, they don't do missions work right away. It's usually three, four, five years down the road. And we were able to have our first missions team go in our first year. And that was, an, that was a miracle. It really was. And it was, it was for me, it's kind of an answer to prayer because I love missions work. And, uh, and I actually haven't been on a mission trip for a couple of years now personally. And it's like killing me, you know, like, uh, but, I, but I so wanted our church to be a church that sent people on mission. And, uh, and that was an answer to prayer. In fact, we do have a team, and Rose and I are actually leading this team to Guatemala uh, in March of this year. And so we're having our second mission trip, and there's 15 people signed up for that. And I'm super excited about that. Um, we also launched two services on Easter Sunday. And that was an answer to prayer, too, because... Because of how this auditorium is long and narrow, like it is, um, we had chairs, if you guys remember, back in the first part of the year, we had chairs all the way to the back. And those aren't the best seats in the back. I know you guys sitting at the table, you love it back there, I know. Um, but, but generally, that's not the best place to participate in this service. And so we had kind of hit a limit, and we, we couldn't grow a church past 150 with our auditorium the way it's laid out. And so by going to two services, we were able to grow past 150. We made more space for new people to be here. And uh, it took a lot of volunteers to pull that off, but they all stepped up and they started serving, which was amazing to me that in our first year, we were able to go to two services and we had enough volunteers to pull that off. And by the way, if you want to volunteer here at the church, we can still use more volunteers. Again, on the Connect card, you just fill that in and check the box I'm interested in volunteering, and we'll get you set up on a team. So that was huge. And because of that, our average attendance grew from 100 people in 2018 to over 175 in 2019, which was super exciting to me that that many people have been calling this their church home. In fact, last Sunday, we had 217 people here 
on Christmas Sunday, which was super exciting to me. And we could only do that because we went to multiple services and because um, God moved in people's hearts. It's so exciting. Uh, another thing that happened this past year, we had 23 people baptized. 23 people baptized. That was a glorious day. Remember that day for those of you that were here? Oh, that was so much, so much fun. And then uh, last thing I just want to mention from this past year, we had 43 people that committed or recommitted their lives to Christ uh, here that I'm aware of here uh, at the church. And that's super exciting. In fact, 10 people last Sunday alone uh, came forward to reestablish God as their Lord, Jesus as Lord of their lives, just last Sunday. Now, I will tell you, it's not because of the great preaching that's happening on a Sunday. I'll just let you all know that. Can I get an amen? I mean, anything? <laughs> no, and I've heard it time and time again. It's because of the presence and power of God. That's why people come to this church. You know, that's why they're here. We had a, a, a lady who was sitting in the back at one of the tables last Sunday by herself, and she walked all the way up to the front to recommit her life to Christ in front of everyone here. People don't do that unless God is speaking to them, right? People don't do that. So God is moving in this church, and God is moving around us. And we need these reminders in our lives to remind ourselves of that. And that's part of what I wanted to do today by sharing some of that. But we're going to end our service here uh, with an activity because it's not just about what's happening in our church. It's about what's happening in your life. And I want us to take a few minutes and to look back at 2019 and just think about it and say, okay, God, what did you do in 2019? And just like the children of Israel went into the Jordan River and picked up a rock to symbolize it, carried it back on their shoulders, we're going to have these rocks. We have these rocks up here, and I'm going to encourage you during this time, we'll take a few minutes and just sit here. We'll have some music playing, and I encourage you to come up and grab a rock, grab a marker, and go back to your seat, and then write on your rock in 2019, God, and then you fill in the blank. In 2019, God and you fill in the blank. So some examples might be, in 2019, God saved my marriage. Because I know he did that for some people here at our church. In 2019, God blessed me with a new baby. It's for a, a few of you, right? <laughs> in 2019, God answered my prayer for a new job. In 2019, God freed me from an, addic an addiction. In 2019, God saved my soul, changed my life, gave me new friends called me into ministry, gave me vision for tomorrow. I don't know what God has done for you. I know, I do know some of your story. And, I'm, I, and I, as I look out and see the faces and I know the stories that go with them, man, I just am so excited, so excited. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a minute, we'll grab a rock, take it back to your seat and just write on there, in 2019, God did this, all right? Now, these are your rocks, okay? So it can be very personal, um, nobody has to see your rock. We'll talk about that later. But this is your rock, you know, just to take home with you, okay? All right, but let me pray, and then we'll turn on some music, and then we'll just spend some time, okay, uh, writing on these rocks. So, Father, we come to you, and I pray that you would 
Bring to mind the times that you have moved in our lives this past year. And I do know that there are some people who are looking back at 2019 and they're glad to move to 2020 because it's been a rough year. But even in those times, God, I know that you were active and moving. So I pray that you would reveal yourself to them as they take time to remember you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's just take a minute and grab a rock. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.